Welcome to the Raising Them Ready podcast for parents. Here we encourage and support parents who are doing the best they know how to raise their kids to become confident, capable, and kind in what can feel like a half-crazy and often unpredictable world. I'm Jonathan Catherman. I'm a family man, career sociologist, and best-selling author who believes our children's greatness tomorrow begins with good guidance today. This week, we are discussing what parents can do to help their soon-to-be or newly licensed driver practice how to become a safer teenage driver. Along with the freedom and new levels of independence a driver license allows your teen comes the concern that you and all parents share about their teen's safety each time they get behind the wheel. Recent data released by the CDC cites that as of 2020, about a quarter million teens are injured and another 3,000 are killed annually in motor vehicle crashes. That means today, about eight kids your teenage driver's age will be killed in a car crash and hundreds more injured. To counter this epidemic of auto injuries and fatalities in young drivers, I've invited to the Raising the Ready podcast a guest who knows far too well the price and pain that comes with losing a child in an auto accident. Actually, he lost both his teenage sons on the same day in the same horrific and completely avoidable head-on collision. In addition to being a loving father who misses his sons greatly, Doug Herbert knows more than a thing or two about driving cars. An IHRA Motorsports Hall of Fame, North Carolina Auto Racing Hall of Fame, NHRA Top Fuel Drag Racing star, and the founder of Brakes Driving Experience, I first interviewed Doug while researching the cars and driver chapter of my now international best-selling book, The Manual to Manhood. I was impressed then by Doug's dedication to guide young drivers to become safer, more responsible drivers, and I know you will be also when you hear how he turned the tragedy of his son's death into a blessing to other families nationwide. So welcome to a driven conversation about raising confident, capable, and kind kids who are safer teenage drivers. Doug, do you remember the first time you drove? Hmm. You know, it would have probably been a either a go-kart or a minibike, and I don't how, how old were you go exactly kart and minibike then? Oh, I mean, like, probably about not too long after I could walk. <laughs> <laughs> probably four or five years old, yeah. Okay, do you remember the first car you drove? Gosh, you know, I think it was a dune buggy that that uh, we had. We drove uh, out at, like, out in the desert, right? I grew up in Southern California, so we'd got the desert in Arizona or, or California desert, and so I think a dune buggy was probably the first vehicle that I drove. And gosh, I don't remember car. It was probably something with my dad, I'm guessing, you know, uh, something in the neighborhood or something out in, you know, by the desert or whatever, you know. I mean, cars, my dad was a car guy, so, you know, I had to know how to drive a car. They just was always part of your life. Just Yeah, don't even remember. Yeah, I don't even remember <laughs> when I started driving because it was that long ago. <laughs> I remember the first car I drove was my neighbor's pickup truck. My parents had gone out of town and we were staying at the neighbors and they had to drive us to our place to do chores every day. And about day three, uh, the neighbor lady says, I'm tired of driving you, drive yourself. And I said, well, I don't know how to drive. She's like, you're 14 years old and you don't know how to drive? I'm like, no. She goes, well, here's the keys to the truck, go teach yourself. Yeah. And living out in the country, I think I probably spent at least a mile in first gear. Once, you know, once I figured out how to actually get the vehicle started, which I'm sure she sat and laughed watching the stick me shift car. stick shift. Man now, I channel. remember the first stick shift car I drove. Yeah, I when was that? I was probably 13 years old, and my friend, his dad, had a Volkswagen, like a, they used to call them Baja Bugs, yeah. had a Baja Bug, and he turned us loose. Like, here's the keys. We're, same thing. We're out at the desert. And so 
cool, you know, stick shift. All right. Yeah, safest so place times, to... Bah, 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 you know, killed it probably four or five times, and then... And there's nothing to run into out in the desert. Nothing to run into. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, sagebrush, you know. Yeah, not too much to hit up. Nobody to hurt, anyways. Much different than today. On the roads today, way different, yeah. The data shows that the trend of first-time drivers is aging up. Whereas you're driving young, can't remember when you first time got behind the wheel. I was 14. Kids now aren't getting their license till 17, 18 years old. You know, when I was 16, you were 16, right? We were spent our 16th birthday at the DMV getting our driver's license. Getting the license. Because guess what? You had, yeah, right. You had freedom and you wanted to go visit with your friends. You know, nowadays, teenagers to communicate with their friends. So you jump on their phones, FaceTime, social media, whatever. That's the mode of communication with friends has changed. And, you know, it used to be you'd go hang out at your friend's house, whoever had the pool table in their basement or whoever had the pool, the pool, uh, you know, the pool in the backyard yeah, yeah. or whatever. That's where you went. Now you just jump on your phone or your, your computer or whatever, and you're kind of sitting, you know. Doug, you have founded a driving school because you're seeing kids need to be better drivers. 2008, I'm four-time world champion, right? Drag racer and driving these cars to go 300 miles an hour and all this cool stuff. And then my two boys got, you know, they were killed in a car crash a mile away from my house here in North Carolina. You know, I must be the most unlucky guy in the world. This couldn't possibly ever happen to anybody else. Well, come to find out, car crashes were the number one cause of fatalities for teenagers. And of all the things I know about, cars was one, something that I knew about. And I decided, okay, well, First thing I need to do is I need to teach their friends about being safer and more responsible drivers. So that was actually my goal. And in 2008, we had, um, I trained about 50 of their buddies, fellow students, neighbors, and you know, in the neighborhood and stuff about being safer drivers. Uh, those, after I did train those 50 teenagers, I thought, okay, cool. You know, that was kind of, that was, that was my goal. And I got that done. And then all of a sudden, some of those parents would call and say, hey, I've got another teenager. You know, when are you going to do that class again? About that time, I started getting feedback from some of the teenagers that had been through the class saying, hey, you know, this saved my life. This kept me from getting in a car crash. And I realized, okay, this is something that needs to continue on. So that snowballed from 50 students that first year to now we trained over 100,000. It's, uh, you know, it's turned into a big thing. And simultaneous classes running in three different cities around the country every weekend now. So it's, you know, it's very rewarding. And uh, we work with the University of North Carolina. Uh, Dr. Paul Friday over here found and during a five-year study that these students that we're training are 64% less likely to be involved in a car crash. Like, wow, you know, I, I would have been happy if there was 1% less that, you know, that's a difference, but 64 is just crazy. So, you know, it's very rewarding what we're doing. And, uh, you know, in memory of my boys, John and James, I mean, I'm, I think because of the motivation there, you know, it's no telling how many lives we've saved. So it goes from being Dad Doug honoring his sons, John and James, to right. Breaks Driving School, which stands for Be Responsible and Keep Everyone Safe. Yeah, their buddies came up with that acronym. I was like, wow. Be Responsible and Keep Everyone Safe. Yeah, it blew me away. And, uh, you know, new teenagers are coming along, and we're trying to do the best we can to make sure that another parent doesn't get that phone call that I got, that their kids aren't coming home. Right. So let's talk to the parent. Some practical things parents can do now for their child who's ramping up to drive soon yeah you know number one thing is if you're a parent 
you've got to realize these kids or teenagers are looking at you from the time they turn around, face them forward in their car seat, they're watching you drive. So you've got to be a good role model for them, right? You know, stay off your phone, concentrate on driving, don't have road rage, don't be speeding around or that's the easiest thing for parents to do, right? Is just pay attention to driving, you know? And my correlation is I tell them, hey, you know, when I'm driving that dragster, right, that I raced 330 miles an hour, was I going down the racetrack on my phone? You know, No, <laughs> my life depended on me being 100% focused. I think number one thing, and we talked about it earlier, is you got to pay attention. You can't be distracted. I think distract, uh, you know, distractions are obviously one of the leading cause of bad car crashes these days because there's more distractions. Here's something I'd like to see parents do when they're teaching their kids to drive. A year before they get their driver's license, every time that that teenager gets in the car, they cannot have their phone even as a passenger for the year leading into them learning how to drive. And I, I think that because it would begin to form the habit of when I get in a car, I stay off my phone versus the opposite, which we're seeing in kids today, is as soon as they get in the car, they get on their phone. And then they get their driver's license and we hand them the keys to the car and they get in the driver's side and all these years they have the habit of, as soon as I get in the car, I get on my phone. So let's break that habit. A year out from getting your driver's license, no phone usage in the car, no matter what, even as a passenger. I might be crazy, but I think it's a good idea. There is things that are helping now, right? That CarPlay app and there's some other stuff. So it makes it so you're not as distracted. Number one thing is hands-free. I mean, need to be hands-free in the car because that's that will avoid a lot right there. But just, you know, even if you are hands-free, you're still distracted. So that's still a Still got to reach down and touch the screen every now and then. You're still distracted, yeah. yeah. So, the, you know, that distraction is just, uh, you know, it's a, it's a big problem. It's difficult for most parents to do, but you got to take your parent hat off and put your coach hat on. And you spend time with your teenager driving. You can't lay that all on a driver's ed program, you know, because I mean, driver's ed, they're, you know, they're in business to get them in, get them out. And I hate to say that. People ask, well, what is brakes? Well, the number one thing brakes is not is driver's ed. We're not driver's ed. We don't teach them how to drive. We teach them how to be safe once they know how to drive. You know, I mean, they lay it on driver's ed, but it's really parents is probably more responsibility there than anybody else because it's up to the parent to go spend some hours driving with your teenager. Hours and hours. And the, the teenager needs a log. At least in the state of North Carolina, yeah. you have to log your driving hours. And I have known a lot of families who cheat that log. They, they don't let, you know, the kids don't actually rack up that many hours or they're not keeping a log while they're learning to drive. And so when it comes time to turn the log in, they just make it all up. Mom, dad, go drive with your kids. Go find a big church parking lot where there's no one in the parking lot on a given Tuesday afternoon and teach your kids how to do everything from slowly apply the brake to parallel park. I was, yeah. them, I was at them all recently and watched this, this driver, new driver, go around and around multiple times looking for a spot. There was a parallel parking spot right there, open, plenty big enough, but you could tell they don't know how to parallel park. So they had to pass it multiple times till they found something else. I'm like, that's a skill you can practice and learn. And parents, right. that's one thing we should be teaching our kids how to do. Get the reps you know, in. You know, you got to do it because nobody else is going to do it. So on our website, actually, on putonthebrakes.org, they can go on there. We've got safe driving tips. We've got a safe driving contract. One of the things that we do at the class is we ask, how many of you have ridden in a car with somebody that's driving in a way that makes you uncomfortable? Every hand goes up. Like, everybody has. I have. You have. Everybody has. 
guess what? I wish my son James would have told his brother, hey, dude, I don't like how you're driving. Let me out of the car. Stop. You know, slow down. Whatever. That would have made a big difference. Uh, if you don't want to tell them that, you say, hey, I'm kind of feeling sick. I think I might throw up. Because guess what? They'll pull over they'll real pull fast. They'll pull over real fast. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like that's that. a good one to use. There so. you go, parents. Tell your kids that if they don't like the how the person they're riding in a car is driving, just say, I've got a puke. And, and then another thing that we do, we have a parent and teen safe driver uh, contract, right? That you put it up on your refrigerator at home. But parents talk to their teenagers about uh hey if you get in a bad spot you're you're at a party and all of a sudden you know there's drinking going on there's something that you're uncomfortable with you don't want to drive with the kid that says oh i'm fine don't worry i've only had a beer or two okay well no that's when they need to be able to pick up the phone and call their mom or dad and say hey you know i'm kind of i'm stuck over here and i'm in an uncomfortable position can you come get me or call me an uber or lyft or whatever and uh the deal on the parent side is We'll get you home, and there's no consequence. You know, you've got a basically a, a hall pass here. You know, we'll we'll get you home, and we're not going to bust you for being somewhere maybe where you weren't supposed to be. But you've made a good decision of getting us home, and it's not something that you're going to use every week. Now, this is like a no, monopoly term. This is a get out of jail yeah. free, right? Monopoly card. After you use it, you know, you got to have a talk with the teenager about, hey, we appreciate you calling because we don't want we don't want the teenagers to feel like they can't trust their parent to help them or they're scared of the consequence if they ask their parent for help if they're in a bad spot like that's where the parents got to be a little bit forgiving a little bit flexible and say hey i get it you know i was a teenager before too i didn't always make the 100 percent best decision but i'm glad you called me before this got turned into a car crash or turned into some kind of bad situation yeah. where you're in trouble so you know i think parents need to keep that line of communication open don't be so stubborn that you know you've you've got a you know you've got a lesson right they're growing up they're they're learning we've got to help them learn and there's mistakes that are going to get made along the way and just understand that and help them turn that around into an experience that will make them better down the road it's not a one and done experience maturity takes practice yeah oh yeah Okay, so I'm watching all these YouTube videos with, with one of my sons. He's a big car guy. And, man, these kids have got some some moves in these cars. There's there's some nice cars out there and, and custom loud mufflers and all this kind of stuff. And, and it's all about attention. I asked my son, why is the car so loud? He goes, so people will look. I said, well, okay, that makes sense. But man, so I saw you drive by. Big deal. He goes, ah, it's just, it's just so people will look. These cars are getting really cool and they're fast. How can we help our kids not put their foot down too heavy? Because these cars can go. You know, what we reiterate at breaks is, you know, there's a place to go fast, right? That's at a drag strip, right? You can go over here to Z-Max Dragway or Mooresville Dragway and you pay 20 bucks and you take your car and go as fast as you want. And you're not going to get in trouble. You actually, it's good. The faster you go, the better it is. I love driving fast, but you have to do it at, at the right place. And that'd be at a racetrack. I got into a buddy's car not long ago and I saw that when he turned it on, it had a speed restriction alert. And so his car could not go faster than certain amount of you know, miles per hour. Hmm. Newer cars have that option. Maybe that's something you can turn on and just uh, help your your teen not get going too quick. Yeah, there's a lot of apps too. Uh, you can actually uh, grade your teenager's driving, right? It's a, you know, it's a mobile app, right? It'll tell them, did they accelerate from the stop too fast? Or did they come to a stop too fast? Did they go around corners too fast? Did they break the speed limit? Did they go outside of a designated area that you gave them, you know? Uh, so there's all kinds of apps that can monitor and, you know, and, and basically grade, you, you know, it'll kind of grade. And it's eventually it's going to come to where 
this grading will probably end up being somewhat of a, uh, uh, it'll be something that more people are doing because they'll be offering insurance discounts for people that get a high grade with using these apps. Right. So that it's kind of coming into play, I'm guessing, in the next couple of years. And parents, if you're thinking, I can just see my teenager saying, what, you're tracking my driving? Yeah. I think it's important to recognize that driving is a privilege, not a right. Well, yeah, I'm tracking your driving because guess what? You're driving my car that I paid for. I'm paying for the insurance. So, yeah, I'm not, I am. I need to make sure you're doing the right thing. And there comes a point where you got to let go of that, right? Sure. But I think that as, as responsible parents, we're letting go a little at a time over time so that when our kids launch in life, there's no real concern of ours that they're going to make it or not. That we see that they have practiced good stewardship of their money and the good stewardship of their relationships and the good stewardship of their reputation and good stewardship of their driving so that when they go out on their own, that's not a concern for us as parents. Right, yeah, you see the tail lights going down the road and you've got to have that feeling like, okay, I did everything I can do to make sure this is gonna go well. Yeah, and the more times we can give them opportunity to make good decisions, that practice makes better. Yeah, absolutely. Got any other really wise advice you wish parents would ask about new drivers? Like I said, our website actually is a good is a good place to go and get safe driving tips and so forth. If uh, parents around the country, hopefully they can go to our website again, put on the org and check and see if we've got a program in your area. And if we do, bring your teenager. And we also require the parents to come because there's a reason why what we've been talking about here is uh, parents are the biggest part of the early driving career for those teenagers. You know, we're paying for the car, we're paying for the insurance, well, you know, most of the time, all that stuff. So, uh, you know, we've got to be involved. And so as parents, what we do at breaks is we try and coach those parents into being better coaches for the teenager. Right. So we require the parents to come. And uh, it's actually one of the neat things about what happens at the class typically the teenagers are coming in being pulled by their parents, you know, yep, you're going. And they're like, why do I need this? This, you know, I, this is so dumb. I don't need, it. I've been driving for a year or whatever. And then all of a sudden within about the first hour, they figure out, you know, it's only a half day program. Within the first hour they figure out, okay, now I know why I'm here. So the same teenager that came in kicking and screaming, once we talked to him a little bit, hey, you're not at a driving school. This is not driver's ed. This is a performance driving experience. And we're just, we're talking about, you know, what we're teaching you is about safety, but at the end of the day, this is a performance driving experience. And so when they leave, the same teenager that was kicking and screaming, they got their arm around their mom or dad saying, hey, uh, man, thanks for bringing me. This was, I really learned a lot. This was great, you know? So it's a its a good experience. I think it's a bonding experience. And driving in general, even if you're, you're not gonna be able to come to one of our classes, driving in general can be a good bonding experience for the parent and teenager. So in your driving school, the parents are actually behind the wheel also, not just the kids. Yeah, so we... And not so the, driving school. I Like you said, it's it a, a performance driving experience. Yep. So, you know, the parents and teenagers come. We play a short video explaining what breaks is and why they're there. And then we do a quick ground school. And then within, before 30 minutes is up, we've got them. We divide up the parents and the teenagers. The teenagers go with one set of uh, Kia-provided vehicles and uh, professional instructors. The parents go with another set of vehicles and professional instructors because they don't want to learn together. They want to learn with their friends. That's just the way it is. So two teenagers will get in the car with with uh, you know one of our instructors, and they'll start doing exercises. First thing they do is they learn how to adjust the seat properly. They learn how to adjust the mirrors properly. They learn how to hold their hands on the steering wheel so that that airbag doesn't come out and cause you to break your nose. And then we start driving, and they're going to do a distraction exercise. That's an important one. We're going to do a slalom exercise, which reiterates holding your hands in the right place on the steering wheel. We're going to do 
an emergency lane change exercise, you know, say uh, an animal runs out in front of you or something falls off a vehicle in front of you, you can get out of the way of that, you know, know what to do. Uh, Off-road recovery, where you drop a wheel off the side of the road, how to safely bring the car back on the road. Number one cause of fatality, uh, fatal crashes in rural areas is off-road problem, you know, because they whip the steering wheel and they either go in the ditch or they go into oncoming traffic. That's a big one. We put these special tires on the car that actually simulate being on uh, icy or, or flooded road. And, you know, because you read in the book, oh, yeah, steer into the skid. Well, what do you do then? <laughs> we're teaching them what to do then. But mainly what we're teaching them is how to avoid getting yourself into those situations, you know, making a good decision. You see something bad coming, you know what to do to make sure that you don't get in that position is really what we want to do. We want to avoid the crash before it ever happens. But then we also teach them how to get out of it once they are in a skid or once they, uh, you know, if they've got a slam on their brakes, what is those, what do the analog braking systems feel like? Uh, you know, cause the first thing that most people do when they activate the analog brake, they feel it starting to shake and chatter and make weird noise and they let off on the brakes. Mm. Well, that's the worst thing you can do. You're in a bad spot, right? Keep your foot buried on the brakes. Um, so we're just kind of taking them through real world exercises, but more importantly, teaching them how to avoid getting in those places to begin with, right. By, by being uh, we call it situational awareness, you know? Yeah. And at some point parent, your kids are probably going to crash. Uh, I mean, the statistics are crazy. It's like 90% of all teenagers are going to crash in their first three years of driving of, you know, it could be just hit a mailbox or, you know, whatever, but they're all going to have some sort of a issue within their first three years so that's that's big rather have them hit a mailbox at a slow speed than another car at a high speed for sure that yeah yeah uh, my son has taken out a mailbox yep and uh and he did it in a, a classic 280zx oh yep we had a real good time fixing it back up oh did you but, okay uh, good. You know, it's father-son bonding time but you know corners are slick yep. so and mailboxes don't jump out of the way well, you know, and that's one thing, too, that I would encourage parents. Hey, you're, you know, your teenager makes a mistake, right? Hits the mailbox. Guess what? You're going to go mow some lawns, make some money, and help pay to fix the car, you know. Or, and or that you got a ticket. Right, in the mailbox. <laughs> the, you know, you, the, our insurance is going to go up. Guess what? You're going to make some money to pay for the, pay for the insurance going up. I, holding them responsible, you know, that's a pretty big thing. And, you know, there's a time to be your kid's best friend and there's a time to be a parent. And when it comes to the driving part, you got to be a parent. And there might be a time when they're not too happy about that. But you know what? They'll get over it. That's okay. They're going to be more mature because of it. Exactly. I encourage your parents to have your kids help pay for the insurance. Let them have some type of invested interest in being a safe driver. Yep. Insurance, gas, if they have a, a payment on the car. It doesn't have to be a lot. It yeah, doesn't have to be everything. Just, just make something. sure they got some skin in the game. They got some skin in the game. That's right. Yeah. Okay, so um, thinking back here, as soon as you turn the kid's car seat around, they're learning how to drive. Be a good example as a parent from a young age when your kids are watching, but be a good example and not be a distracted driver. Um, teach them the safety, obviously, and use the technology wisely. And parents, if you can, get into a driving experience like brakes. Doug, you have schools around the country. How often are schools running? Uh, Pretty much every weekend around the country. We're in, uh, I think we're in like 17 different states around the country. So there's a lot of, uh, you know, there's, we're, we're trying to really do a lot and make a big difference. And, uh, you know, the statistics show, right? 64% less likely to be involved in a crash after coming to one of our programs. So I think we're making a, you know, we're making a big impact on it. And uh, You did 225 classes last year. Right. 
Well, how many kids have you put through the program? Yeah, so over a hundred thousand going through the program. So we're you know it's, wow. we're making the road safer. And, Make the road uh, safer. We're trying to one help driver at a time. <laughs> yeah, it's one at a time. This is one, one on one behind the time. wheel. Yeah, this is expensive, but it's priceless. The, what what's expensive? The class isn't expensive. No, the classes are free for people that come. They're not free to put on, and so that's a big part of our job, right? We were talking about that before we were before the show, right? We do a lot of breaks as a five hundred one c three, so we do a lot of fundraising to be able to offer these classes for free. So you know, it's important. Um, you know, everybody can't afford to go pay for a class like this. If you went to a, a place to pay for a class like this, you're going to pay, you know, probably five hundred bucks is about probably what you're going to pay. Well, a lot of parents, they don't probably, number one, see the value. Oh, I don't know if we need to do that. But number two, what? You know, that's a lot of money to spend, uh, right? That's a lot of work to do to make the money to yeah, go do that. Yeah. So um, we luckily have great partners like, uh, you know, Kia is uh, Kia Motors of America has been a great partner for us, providing vehicles, providing funding to help us expand all around the country. And, uh, you know, around here in Charlotte, right? Rick Hendrick and Felix Sabatis and all of these people that value uh, having our roads be safer and, and that also value uh, not losing our kids in car crashes. Yeah, excellent. Doug, how can parents find out more information about brakes driving? Uh, so the best thing is go to our website, putonthebrakes.org, uh, putonthebrakes.org, and go there. We've got safe driving tips. We've got that safe driving contract. We've got schedules for upcoming classes at different locations all around the country. Um, if it's full, get on a wait list because they classes fill up pretty quick. Uh, so get on a wait list and you know, we'll, we always do our best to get people in or add more classes, whatever we can do. Uh, you know, we don't want, we don't want a teenager to get in a car crash while they're on a wait list waiting to get into our class. Right. This has been a great conversation. We started with, uh, do you remember driving for the first time? Let me flip the question now. Said, what was your favorite car you've ever owned? Uh, my favorite car I've ever owned. I, you know, my first car, right? I had a Camaro, a 1970 Camaro that was a junk box. And I bought the car when I was 14 and hopped it up, put a big block, you know, 454 big block in the thing and did all this work. So by the time from 14 to 16, I spent those two years working on that car and making it like, so it was my car, right? It was a custom car that I'd built in the garage with help from some of my buddies and my dad. And, and uh, so that was probably... My favorite, just because it was my first car, and it was, you know, and it was a cool car. It was a car that I actually did the work on to build it. So that was that was pretty neat. We have some common there. I bought my first car, fourteen years old, a '65 uh, Mustang. Cool, two eighty nine yeah. four speed transmission. It was in the trunk when I picked it up. No kidding. Yeah, that's not where the transmission goes, right? It does no, not go in the trunk. Yeah, no, so no. a lot of time working, a couple of years with my dad and buddies working on that car. Uh, by time, And that's a good point, too. D- driving a stick shift car, you know, that a lot of parents, you know, they wouldn't even consider having their teenager drive a stick shift car. Driving a stick shift car is really good because guess what? It eliminates a lot of distractions because you have to be busy driving the car. And also it opens up a whole lot of possibilities because... Most teenagers don't know how to drive a stick shift car. So what are they going to do when they're somewhere and that's the only car to drive? Uh, 
you know, if you've got an opportunity, or there's to an opportunity them. to drive that car. My son was right. a valet parker downtown at some a really nice, nice property. And when a car would come in that was manual, all the other valets would look at my son and say, "Hey, you get to park it." So my son got to drive some really cool cars. Right. No, they were just through the parking lot, but yeah. he can say, "Yeah, I've driven that car. I've driven that car." Yeah. But if you don't know how to drive a manual transmission. You just sort of get to look at the car. Right. They say nowadays that's the world's greatest theft deterrent device is to have a manual <laughs> transmission because nobody knows how to drive them anymore. I think they're the best way to drive. Right. Period. I mean, too. I'm yeah. with you. Cool. Doug, great conversation, man. Really appreciate it. Thank you so much. You bet. Thank you very much. Appreciate you coming and appreciate you helping us get the word out about what we're doing. If you're looking to benefit from the driving instruction like what Doug and his team offer through the Brakes Driving Experience, check them out online at putonthebrakes.org. Again, that's putonthebrakes.org. There you can find driving experience locations, dates, and enrollment availability. If there isn't a Brakes Driving Experience offered near you, please find another certified defensive driving course to enhance your teen's young driving skills. If you're interested in honoring the memory of Doug's sons, James and John, you can make a tax-deductible donation to Brakes by visiting putonthebrakes.org forward slash donations. I'll put a link in the show notes. If you are learning from and enjoying the Raising Them Ready podcast for parents, be sure to pick up a copy of the Raising Them Ready book. It's available wherever you buy your print, digital, and audio books. There you will also find our other best-selling life skills and personal development books for tweens, teens, young adults, parents, educators, and mentors. To learn more about my speaking engagement, parent and professional development workshops, and consulting services, please message me through our social media pages or email me through our website. You can find, like, and follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Raising Them Ready Podcast and on our website at RaisingThemReady.com. Also, please follow and leave us up to a five-star review wherever you listen to this podcast. If you have questions, comments, or suggestions about topics or guests you'd like us to use on the Raising the Ready podcast, please contact us through our social media page or website. Again, on Facebook and Instagram at Raising Them Ready podcast and online at RaisingThemReady.com. Thanks again for joining me and my guest, father and drag racing legend Doug Herbert, in today's discussion about raising confident, capable, and kind kids or safer teenage drivers. Now go and enjoy the day, knowing your child's greatness tomorrow begins with your guidance today.